Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Robert Beatles. Beatles, are you ready to do this? Born ready, baby. Thanks Love for it. having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Robert is the co-founder and president of Monarch, a crypto wallet. He is the host of the YouTube show, Crypto Crypto Beatles. I'm excited to have you on. Beatles, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Gotcha. Well, uh, first of all, I'm a Christian father and husband. I met my wife when we were 14 years old. 27 years later, still together, still best friends. Created nice. a ton of businesses together. Got a healthy, happy family. I really couldn't ask for more. Um, I started off, like I said, being, I got married at 17 with our first kids, so I had to quickly learn how to support everybody. So I uh, went to work in, in construction instead of some other things I was going to do. After a few years, I ended up you know, running the company, got into an argument with the boss of sorts. He said, hey, if you can do a better job, go start your own company. Mm. So I did, and I built uh, mm. I built one of the largest construction service companies in California. And it's still still going you know, very strong today. Then uh, around 2009, I had um, a love for software, so I created a software development uh, company uh, right alongside you know our construction service company, which is you know still going strong. Created that software company, started building platforms and applications for people like the post office. And then uh, around 2011, had my eyes open to uh, to Bitcoin from a guy named Max Kaiser. So I've been in Bitcoin since around 2011, and then around 2017, everybody started getting into crypto. Everybody was asking me questions. My friends, family, people I hadn't talked to, and God only knows how many years were hitting me up, asking me about how to buy and sell Bitcoin and all this kind of stuff. And a few of my friends, and then more and more, started asking me the same questions over and over again. And after we got to the same question hundreds of times, somebody had the bright idea to do a video, do a video that answers all these questions. Uh, it was my buddy Ray. And, and a few others, and they're like, hey, just do a video for us, tell us all the ins and outs, you know, how to navigate the waters. So I did, and the videos just started taking off. And next thing you know, we've done over 500, I think, videos and interviews for, for friends and family, and I guess we're like number five for crypto on, on YouTube, and we have a TV show on, on business television, Biz TV, and we've got, uh, we're the face of TradingView sessions on TradingView, and the co-founder and um, creator, the builder of the Monarch Wallet and Monarch Pay, which we can talk about more if you want later. Um, and uh, I do a, a crap ton of uh, investing uh, in companies, people, uh, real estate, stuff like that. I, I love to stay busy. I'm a guy that just never stops. I don't sleep much, and, I'm, and I, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to myself and family if I'm just relaxing, not working. It, it feels wrong to me. So I always have to be doing something, creating another business, 
or you know improving our, our current businesses, expanding, all that kind of stuff. So I love to work, man. That's that's what that's family, friends, work. That's uh, what I'm all about. I appreciate that very much. I fancy myself an industrious person as well. So amen, man. All right. So did uh, did did you ever pursue uh, a college education? You know, I I, I started to. Uh, I had a hard enough time in high school, to be honest. Yeah. I ended up graduating high school um, in a classroom by myself a half hour a week on a Friday where I'd come in and take tests and they would give me homework uh, to do. I bounced around about four different high schools. School was never really a thing for me, but to go into the military, which is what I was planning on doing, I had to at least have a high school diploma. Uh, but then when we got pregnant at 17 and married at 17, that kind of changed the whole military idea. <laughs> and so um, I got my high school diploma. Then um, I started in college, and I quickly realized that uh, this wasn't going to work. I needed a, a job, not a PhD, because the, the school was so expensive, and you know we were dirt poor, and um, I just needed to be able to take care of my family. So I started in college, taking some classes. Didn't last more than a few months. I had to go to work and and uh, provide. So uh, all my training comes from you know being self-taught. Um, or being around really, you know, really smart people as well, learning and being a sponge to them. Um, but yeah, lots, lots of like one-off type training things, um, lots of books. That's that's pretty much where I got my education. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much, and we'll have to have you back on down the road to talk about. Uh, obviously, it's a popular conversation in America right now with the student debt crisis, what it is or situation, whatever term you want to use, and. A whole conversation started about the value of a, of college education and all that. So, but certainly as a seventeen year old guy, newly married with with one on the way and getting into the construction industry, that seems pretty logical. I can see myself doing the same thing um, if I were in your situation. But then getting into tech and now you're being you being one of the foremost experts on one of the most confusing technologies that the world has ever seen. Um, that's 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 pretty cool. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, lots, lots of hard work. I've always had a passion for software. When I was a kid, you know, I was I had a little Commodore 64, a little Amiga, a little 128 PCs. I was building my own BBS, you know, bulletin board systems, all that kind of stuff. I was always always into software, always into tech. And but in construction, they don't really go hand in hand. You know, building a house or building a bridge isn't quite the same as building a DAP or or a tracking application for you know like the post office. It's very different. But Having you know the uh, the background in that when I was younger um, really really allowed me to, to excel at that and then bringing on a team of incredible coders and programmers and project managers uh, just heightened it that much more. I love it. But as far I as yeah, I mean, as far as college, I mean, it's just straight theft. I mean, if you look recently, I, I think they came out and said that uh, I think the government lost like thirty five trillion dollars. I mean, do you realize that thirty five trillion dollars can pay for houses and health care and education for basically everybody in the world i mean it's it's uh, it's a total scam in my opinion uh, college I, I get it you need it if you're a doctor maybe an attorney something super specialized but real world experience will beat book you know just like uh, learning from a book in a college teaching you things that you'll never use and filling your head up with stuff you're supposed to memorize and not understand i think is a, is a huge waste of not only you know money for people that are struggling already but it just it does them a disservice and it doesn't teach them or train them the skills that they need to really succeed in life and neither one of my kids you know did I force to go into college both of them put their toes in and then quickly realized that it wasn't for them either so 
um, yeah, I, I mean, you look at some of the, the most experienced, smartest, most successful people out there, and they either A, didn't graduate or didn't go. Yeah, no, I, yeah. that is the truth. So I, I really want to talk about um, talk about digital assets, but before we talk about, I, I think uh, maybe viewing them as 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 investments and all that good stuff, I just wanted to get your take on the feelings and the sentiment around it because I remember it all sort of runs together for me that it became almost this crazy tribal thing a, a year or two ago, and my Twitter feed was all about crypto and everything else and and now that's backed off substantially so what what is your what are your thoughts on 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 this the hysteria that can be associated with cryptocurrency well people love money and what we saw in 2017 <laughs> was a craziness of just all-time highs of these cryptocurrencies being worth billions and billions of dollars with no tech behind them whatsoever it was um it was just one of those things that made you stop and scratch your head and say, how is this even possible, right? I mean, it's it's cool tech, but how is it worth billions and billions of dollars? Mm-hmm. So you saw this this wave of speculators coming in, all these people with this, this gamble-itis. They're just in there gambling, you know, on, on they could just throw a dart and pretty much any crypto they bought would just, you know, would moon, it would go up. It made no sense. It was craziness. And then what we saw was uh, kind of the collapse and the fall of the cryptocurrency industry and the speculation side of things from 18 on now you're starting to see it level off and start to go up even more so we have um, you know we're right now i think bitcoin is about the highest it's been all year it's got higher highs all year long it's got higher lows you know from the beginning of the year to now so you're starting to see some more excitement come back in and, and it's all due to speculation it's not so much the tech and if people tell you that they're they're pretty much lying um, it's it's all about making money, and so that's what that huge wave of people that you saw that came in. They were all just trying to make uh, make as much money as they possibly could. They just felt like they couldn't lose, and then they started losing, and they would lose 95 to 100 percent of their holdings. And so you saw people just you know kind of leave the space with their tail between their legs, or and uh, you know just beat up and battered, right? And now it's starting to go back up, and you're starting to see some credibility you're starting to see these big corporations these big banks these big you know institutions they're all coming into crypto or are in crypto or are using crypto and it's giving a lot of credibility to the space because there truly are use cases for it and that's the exciting part the exciting part is of course people want to make money but you also want your tech to have value and to be used and so we're starting to see that now i mean you've got like the federal reserve that's going to be coming out with the fed coin and you know, the next couple of years, you get China. You get China that's coming out with their own cryptocurrency. It's almost out. You've got like HSBC Bank that did. I, I don't know what it was. It was like 150 billion dollars through their own blockchain of transactions, saving them enormous amounts of money. So you're starting to see like these huge corporations with numerous blockchain patents, whether it's Alibaba or IBM or Walmart or whoever. So the credibility is now starting to come. What we don't have is that killer use case that is outside of crypto itself, which is just a peer-to-peer digital way of sending money without having a person in the middle to take a transaction fee from you or to possibly hold, freeze, or claw back your funds, right? So with crypto, that to me has always been like the killer use case, but then you have to have a, a steady a steady value um, that's, a, that's attributed to it. You need to have something that keeps it from going from being volatile. Otherwise, people will never use it for anything beyond speculation. 
to get a country to use cryptocurrency or to get people in commerce or businesses in commerce to use crypto, it needs to be stable. It can't be volatile. They need to think of it as like a dollar. And so they've come out with a lot of these stable coins that address this. And so what you're going to see over the next year or two is more and more businesses start using stable coins. And I think that's what's really going to start propelling just enormous use um, to cryptocurrency. You're going to see more of the hysteria come in. You're going to see probably Bitcoin go up even more in price. And you're going to start seeing, again, the 2017 phenomena happen again, I would say, in the next year or two. But probably not with every single token, but with you know maybe 20 or 50 of them, if, if that makes sense. So why would I why would I use a stable coin instead of just using regular money? Sure. So think about this. Like we created the Monarch Wallet for people. Think of it as like a super dap where it's all the best finances in one place to where you and only you control your funds. So if you're using stable coins and stable tokens, they're basically worth a dollar. And you can send them. So say, for instance, you wanted to, to wire money, uh, you're going to buy a house, or you're trying to send money to a friend or family or whatever, and you use a bank, you use a wiring system. That can take days, weeks, has a lot of fees. Um, just using you know, like an ATM card, you know, you're talking 1% to 3% fees for, for merchants, even more. Um, merchants and things like that, they can be losing up to 60% of their money with some of these app stores and, and Twitch and and different platforms like that, where with these stable coins and stable tokens, they'll be worth a dollar. They'll have a dollar's worth of assets behind them, but you'll be able to send them instantaneously with next to no fees, with no chance of chargebacks, no chance of people clawing back your funds. So it's really appealing not only just to the person, but just the average person using it, because now it's like I can send money to mom in France and you know, in, in literally like three seconds, whereas a wire transfer might take a week or they're buying a house. You know, it could take, you know, weeks and all these fees where now it just takes a couple seconds. And then, I mean, you look at uh, countries like Venezuela where you have these diminishing uh, governments and their currency with their crazy inflation where these stables would bypass that. You wouldn't you could be receiving your daily wages and stable tokens that are backed off of a global asset basket versus just a one one country. So you'll know that when you start your morning shift and you're supposed to make 200 bucks for the day or whatever it is, you're going to make that 200 bucks at the end of the day. You're not going to have to run to the bank and get rid of your your uh, your whatever crappy currency you're holding because it's it's worth less every second or every minute. So it it really adds some stability there for people in in some of these countries that deal with inflation. I mean, even if you look at the US dollar, we've lost 95, 98% of its of its value since 1913, right? So um, you can see that there's definitely use cases for things like this. Yeah, well, certainly, you you did a really great job explaining that. Um, I've been I had a conversation with uh, with somebody who's very smart about uh, about the about our budget deficit and obviously our national debt, which is enormous and exploding. Um, and if things keep going the way that they're going to, who knows what's what what's going to happen? And sort of that that's what popped into my head as you were describing this. It's not tied to one country. It's not. Um, so, how 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 do you counsel people if if they're curious about this to start investing in these things? Investing is always, you know, it's always risky. No matter what it is you're investing in, and one of the things that I always recommend to people is that they never invest any more than they're 100 percent willing to lose. 
because you absolutely can lose all of your money in cryptocurrency and penny stocks and you name it. Investing is, is dangerous. It's scary. And that's why people, they, some of the wealthiest people in the world, they either bury their, their money in real estate, they use bonds, you know, just simple, simple bonds that pay two to 4% because that's money they can count on and they know that it's real and they know that it's going to be there and it's, you know, backed by a municipality or government or state or country or whatever. So if they really want to get into investing, the first thing you have to do is invest in yourself. You have to you have to get the knowledge. The people out there that are just throwing money around willy-nilly on whatever their buddy told them is going to moon, they're probably going to get wrecked. They're probably going to lose all their money like we've seen time and time again. So what I would do is I would first figure out why do you want to invest. Is it just money? Well, if it's just money, and that's usually what investing is about, then you need to figure out, okay, what are you passionate about? What do you like? What is it you think brings value to the world? It's a personal choice for each of us. Then you go and you research the companies that are out there, and you look to see which ones are doing what you feel is going to be a need in society. And I've always said true wealth comes from the ground. So I look at things that are commodity-based. Then you figure out, okay, who's got a good team? Who do you think can actually deliver? Who has a really good track record? Who's actually you know, done what they've said they've done in the past, maybe has some successful exits, solid track, you know, track record, amazing team that can deliver results. Um, look and see what the roadmap is, how ambitious it is. Do you think that they can achieve it? Is there really a need in the market for it, whatever they're trying to address? And then if that's something that aligns with all of your, you know, your, your thoughts and your, your inner desires and whatnot of something you would want to invest in, maybe start small. Dollar cost average in. Don't just throw all your money at one time into one thing because that's usually a surefire way to get wrecked. Um, you know, I know Warren Buffett says to put all your eggs in one basket and watch them very, very closely. But if you look at what he does, he doesn't exactly do that. Um, so I, I recommend dollar cost averaging. I recommend starting very, very small, never investing on, in anything that you're not willing to 100% lose before you ever make big decisions or anything like that. You know, always check with your significant other. Always get the, the consult and, and uh, you know, the, I guess the guidance from a qualified professional advisor, some kind of, you know, money manager, some kind of, um, I don't know, some kind of investment guru or expert before you, you kind of go in. And then, um, you know, just do a ton of research. Uh, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, and if you're not able to do that, then they have these uh, investment, um, they're, they're kind of like these little baskets of maybe the top 10 cryptos. You're starting to see these investment funds come out. So for people that want to maybe have a, a safer, um, you know, risk, I, I mean, uh, an, an intro to crypto and to be able to kind of get their toes wet, there are these, these like ETF type things that are, that are out that um, allows them to dabble in cryptocurrency that's a basket of maybe the top 10 or something like that. And there's these professional people that um, mitigate the risk. So when things are going up or things are going down, they actually move the cryptos around and put more in or less in of, of different uh, of these different cryptos. And so some of those things may not be a bad idea um, just to kind of, you know, wet their beak, get their toes wet a little bit. Um, anything, anything else you'd like me to cover there? No, I think that that's sound, <clears throat> sound counsel right there. So I appreciate that very much. So we talked about... Um, talked about i think you referred to it as a wallet um where you can send money wherever you want and that's that that's what your company monarch is yes we have two i guess we have two different platforms so monarch wallet is a at its core it's a decentralized cryptocurrency wallet which means that nobody controls 
your information, your seed or your keys or your funds except for the actual user. That's decentralized. Centralized is kind of like when you think of a Wells Fargo, right? They know all your data. They have access to your funds. If the IRS or big government or somebody wants to freeze your funds, they're at the mercy of them and they do that. Hmm. With a decentralized cryptocurrency wallet, only you and you alone are in charge of your funds, which is good and bad. If you're not very responsible, you could totally lose access to your funds by losing what's called a key, you know, or your seed. A seed is made up of 12 usually random um, words, and when you type those 12 words out, it allows you access to your funds. This isn't something you have to do all the time, but say, for instance, you had a, a million dollars of Bitcoin and you had a, a monarch wallet. You could take those 12 words, make sure you write them down, keep them safe, don't share them with anybody. You could actually delete the wallet, walk across the border or anywhere else in the world and have access to that million dollars just by grabbing another phone, downloading the wallet and putting those 12 words in. So you would be, you know, your own bank, or you could just keep those 12 words in your Monarch wallet and use the wallet just like a day-to-day -day thing. So then we built, that That was like the, the key function was allowing people safety, security, and ease of use for cryptocurrency to where people can't steal their money and they're in charge of it. That was the core of it. Then we started adding different services into it, like the ability to earn interest on their crypto, the ability to buy and sell cryptocurrency, the ability to track their portfolio's performance using using a, a little uh, portfolio tracker in there, adding a, a market cap section so they can track all the different prices of all the other cryptocurrencies out there, adding a news section so they can keep up to date on all their favorite cryptos and things like that. And then, um, so it's basically like a, a super DAP where we'll be adding more and more services all the time for people to where it's decentralized and they'll have control of their money and their wallet and only them and them alone and they won't need anybody else and then we created monarch pay which is for businesses it's for merchants anybody that has like an online a store things like that they know that they're always at the mercy of a paypal or, or a credit card merchant machine type thing where the credit card merchant could charge them you know two three four percent for um you know for, for their transactions uh, they could even freeze the money that they collected they could claw it back they can lock them out to where they're not able to take trans, uh, credit card transactions anymore. You have PayPal that charges enormous fees, and, and you've heard all the horror stories about them locking people out of their funds. So merchants are really at the mercy of these credit card processors as, as well as these, these PayPal-type platforms. Where Monarch bypasses all that, it creates a decentralized uh, platform that any merchant can go and sign up for today for free. It takes about anywhere from 30 seconds to five minutes, depending on how fast you type. And you create this, this uh, plugin of sorts, like this little link. And anybody that clicks that link, they'll, be, um, they'll deduct money, stable tokens, directly from their Monarch wallet, and it'll be paid to the merchant. So it's completely merchant to customer with nobody in between, a way of sending um, crypto back and forth, these stable tokens and stable coins. And we took it a step further, and we introduced reoccurring payments. So now if you're an online merchant and you have some kind of reoccurring you know, business model, like say to be on George's podcast or to listen to it, it's $9 a month. Anybody that clicks your Monarch Pay link, that $9.99 each month will come right out of their wallet and go right into George's wallet. And so, and, and you can stop at any time or the customer can stop it at any time, but there's never any risks of fees exceeding you know, somewhere around 1%. 
never a risk of chargebacks, never a risk of being locked out of your funds, all that kind of stuff. So we address the, the people of the world with the Monarch Wallet and then the businesses of the world with Monarch Pay, allowing them both, you know, both platforms decentralized to where they and they alone control their funds. I love it. That's, that is cool stuff right there. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you. We, we have an amazing team. Nice. I love it. Excellent, excellent. Well, Beetle, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you, and where can they learn more about Monarch Wallet and Monarch Pay? Oh, it's an honor. love talking with you. Um, I'm super easy to find. Uh, Crypto Beetles, one word, it's Beetles, B-E-A-D as in David, L-E-S. So CryptoBeetles.com, it has links to all of our different socials, you know, YouTube, TV, all that kind of stuff. And then for um, the people of the world that want to download the Monarch Wallet, it's in the Apple and Google stores for mobile. Uh, or you can go to monarchwallet.com. For merchants of the world that want to start using Monarch, um, you know, Monarch Pay, they can go to monarchpay.com. And, and I warn you, in the next 30 days, it's going to be completely different. It's going to be much more streamlined, much more easy to use. It's going to be beautiful the next 30 days or so. So it's a lot of really cool stuff coming there. And those are really easy ways to find me. I'm uh, really easy to get a hold of, and so is the team. So I really appreciate you, George, for having me on. I love it. Well, it was definitely a pleasure. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Beatles your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to CryptoBeatles.com. Check out all the great stuff that they have going on. And when this show airs, it will have been probably around 30 days. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be able to time that just right. But check out all the great resources. And I'll link all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Beatles. Hey, thanks a bunch. God bless and take care, everybody. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.